A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. What the hell was that? And Red spins around. Doran, come over. Take a look at this. I want to go home. I don't want to do this. I'll be the first to admit it. Yes, I was scared. I am scared. Yeah, you can't rip off Obi-Wan. <laughs> Got a bad vibe about this. Howdy, die. I do get an ethereal vibe. I never realized that. We know our job. Is this your abode? No, this is the cursed die. Oh my fucking do god. Do any of you think we stand a chance against those odds? You had it right the first time. I was the first to die. Welcome 
Welcome back to Dice Shame. This is episode 121, Breaking Point. MVP this week is Tim Danny from Instagram and Twitter for their amazing art. So far, they've done sincerely brilliant pieces for both Red and Jack, and we're absolutely spinning over them. Looking for something spooky for one of your late-night listens? Check out Wake of Corrosions, an indie audio drama set in a nightmare-ridden apocalyptic world. An unknown horror grips the country, forcing most of the remaining population into shelter. Tune into the broadcasts from Bunker A12 and join Professor Ryan as he endeavors to find answers in the wreckage. You can check them out at wakeofcorrosion.buzzsprout.com. All right, should we do this? Yeah, let's do it. Hey, remember a few weeks ago when we were talking about bad jokes and we were talking about how Henry tells jokes before mm-hmm. bed or whatever? Yes. Y'all ready for he this? He remembered one that I had told him, which was really awesome. Oh, boy. What's his take on well, it? Well, the joke was, which is really funny, I was like, how does Alfred call Batman to dinner? Dinner, 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 Batman, right? And he knows that song. So he, so that was like at least a month ago I told him that joke. Like, I would say longer. Yeah, that's that's why I said at so, least. Well, <laughs> my favorite part of that was the setup that you said, so I told him a joke and it was really funny and here it is. Yeah, it is. And because all the best jokes. It's hilarious. Well, my like, point is that, but classic Henry didn't understand what was funny about that, right? Right. But he remembered the joke. So last <laughs> night at bed, we're like, whose joke? He goes, how does Batman's parents call him for dinner? And we're like, how? And he goes, na 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 Batman. I'm like, okay, that's great. But I don't think you really understood the joke, Ken. Uh-huh. <laughs> like the reason. It's, and then we explain it to him and he's just kind of like, yeah, but daddy... Batman doesn't have parents. They <laughs> die. Like, that's his correct. But he's the one that said not, it too. He's I'm like, not willing to come along on this fantasy. It is one line too far. Oh, it was very funny. <laughs> that's really funny. He's a good kid. I, I mean, a lot of people were talking about that joke episode. Oh yeah, were they? Yeah. Oh. Did we get some people? I think we had some gifts about teeth golems. That's right. People really got into Doran's tooth golem, the tooth fairy golem. Gross. Yeah, and I think like patently <laughs> disgusting. I don't know if we have more legs on this. Um, yeah, no, we got nothing. That's it. No legs. Well, that was short. Here's the segue. In the middle of the dark woods, there is a home. The size of a hunting cottage, maybe slightly larger. A comfortable homestead. Detailed carvings in the mantelpiece and above the doors show songbirds hiding in ivy and rearing horses. In the corners of the house, spiders spin webs day after day. The paths of the sun trace bright shapes across the floor year upon year. The roof sags and buckles under the weight of rain and snow after time. Leaves fall and cover the stone walkway. The garden grows up over the trellis, goes to seed, and is taken by thistle. Constellations move in the sky. You stand in the middle of this house, having encountered and destroyed a dozen undead skeletons, and now met with a strange creature, an impression of a being, almost invisible except for the barest shift or outline, until you catch a glimpse in a reflection. Can it possibly be? Have I been gone so long? Do we all see this creature? This creature is almost imperceptible unless you catch a glimpse of it in a reflection. And additionally, Kraloth has a better time finding its outline than anyone. What the hell was that? 
And Red spins around, looking for where the whisper came from. What? Uh, something said... I, I, I don't even know. I don't think we're quite alone here. The apparitions that we saw by the river somehow are connected to this place. Hmm. Do I see anything? You can take a look around. That's a 13. No, you don't see anything specific, Red. I don't see anything, but those skeletons were here. Are they ghosts or banshees or the undead? They're not ghosts. I know that much. And Kraloth steps towards this broken mirror and peers in closer. Can I get a better look at it? You can get a better look at it. The creature that you see reflected in this mirror appears vaguely humanoid. Two arms, two legs, a head, a torso. But its other features are impossible to distinguish. You can't tell age or sex or even race necessarily. But it's standing there in the room with you. In fact, it's pacing back and forth through the rooms. And as it approaches you, you see that its form is almost featureless, translucent gray. Hmm. What, what are you looking at there, Kralon? Uh, oh, sorry, I got lost in my thoughts. I, uh... He's just like fixing his hair. Uh, yes, fixing my hair. That's exactly it. Oh, yeah, his like. bald head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Doran, come over. Take a look at this. Uh, I've never seen anything like it. Um, take a look at what? And Doran kind of hobbles over and peers into the broken mirror. Mm-hmm. You see this creature slowly walking through the rooms back and forth, and you catch just the barest hint of a whisper, the creature saying, Where is my light? My sweet daughter and wife, where is Isa? Doran kind of take a step back. He's he's not used to seeing apparitions like this as much as uh, Kraloth might be. So Doran almost takes a step back and shies away from looking into the mirror. Oh, they're they're in the here room here with us. That's a, that's a that's kind of creepy. And I picture Doran like taking like a wide berth across. From where he saw yeah. this, this apparition? Yeah, Red walks over and looks in the mirror as well and sort of over his shoulder. What do you want? He sort of calls out to the darkness. Does it seem to respond to us? Can it sense that we're here? Yeah, after a moment or two, you see in the reflection the creature make its way back into the room. And from looking in the mirror, you can figure out in real life where where the thing must be standing. You, you can just barely sense the outline of a shifting in the dimensions of the room if you look at it in real space. I think Red bends down and takes a piece of broken mirror and sort of like walks around the room looking over his shoulder. Mm-hmm. And it says, I think I'm come from the abyss, from the void. Jack, perhaps this is some sort of extra planar entity, which is why it's not coming up on my undead radar. Um, yeah, I'm. It's very puzzling. She's speaking common. Mm-hmm. The the apparition is speaking common. I do get an ethereal vibe. Someone trapped on the plane, just adjacent to ours. Can I make an arcana check to see if if mm. I, I got any any Useful book learning that might turn up a detail? You can make an arcana check. 17, Jack 
puzzles his mind and racks through all the things he's no, learned and tries to put them all together in new new ways to figure out what this could be. It doesn't seem like this creature is currently on another plane of existence. More that they are just insubstantial on this one. You know, it could be similar to like an elemental kind of kind of vibe. The, you know, the invisible stalker that jumped out of the bag of holding that you, you're carrying there, Red. Right. Look, all that matters is, is it dangerous? Do you mean to do us harm? Red shouts out almost impatiently. I think Doran's kind of staying there with his hands on his axe while Red says this. In the same mindset. I'm sapped of my strength with nothing left but regret. Where is my daughter? Calliope? Something is wrong. Can you hear us? Do you understand me? Yes. Then perhaps I can help. Um, if you help us. We're all very tired. We've had a very long day and we need a place to rest. Is this your abode? This is my home. Well, perhaps we could do an exchange of sorts. I might have information about your daughter. I believe she is out east, towards the river that runs north-south. There were many apparitions there. Uh, just like you. You might find your answers there, but they didn't seem to be doing well. I hope against hope she is not among them. Why is that? Because that would mean she has endured what I also have. I see. And the creature begins to move toward the door. Can we take refuge here? As you ask that, Doran's been sort of moving some stuff around, trying to create a space for us to lay our bedrolls out on the floor. Shoveling bones out of the way. Yeah, and he kind of looks to the three of you and he says, uh, I don't suppose it would be very wise for us to light a fire. Eh? Pointing at the, the hearth. There are other ways for us to remain warm. Yeah. Doran's moving things around kind of while you ask that question and he's making space for us to maybe put down our bedrolls and he says uh and then he looks up to the three of you and he says oh hey there's there's a basement in here there's a some sort of cellar i saw it through the floorboards i love pausing in that moment for a minute too because i imagine for doran that just means okay here's a place for four bedrolls right together versus here's you could have a little bit of space be separate (laughs) like even the dwarven bed set up in the yeah i've cleaned a corner like putting them yours will be yeah. here mine's right next to you and then yours and then yours there's a, there's a seating order all in a row what do you mean basement when red sort of like kind of tests the floor a little bit to hear the hollow thud and maybe almost instinctively he starts walking around thumping to try to find you know where the the largest part of the basement would be and presumably then a hatch or a, or a stairwell mm-hmm well, here, Doran says, and he, and he walks towards the sort of the entrance that they came in. Then there's holes in the floor there. And he, and he turns, he says, well, look, look down there. Look, come here. Yeah, and Red bends down and sticks his eye through. And can I see a stairwell? The room underneath this house is not as large as the footprint of the house itself. So you, you only have an impression of a small room. But you see that there is a ladder in the far corner just to the north. Nice. Um, 
And actually, looking at the the hole in the floorboards, does it look like it's just rotted away? Or, like, can I do a little bit of investigation as to why there'd be, like, kind of a hole in the floor? Great idea. Oh, well, the roof is caved in, so. That'd be a 15. Much of the woodwork here in the home has seen rot and insect damage over years. But there are strange scratches here and there on the floor. Mm. Scratches. And I take a look at them and I sort of drag my claw along one of them. Is it how is it short, long? Is it like fingernails, weapon? You can roll an investigation check. That would be a 19. They range in length from 2 to 8 inches and seem to congregate in a couple of places where parts of the floorboards have been picked at maybe or damaged. And Red sort of stands up quietly and says, I think there might be something of value in the basement. And he walks over towards where he saw the stairwell. What did you see? Someone's been attacking these floorboards, trying to get at whatever is in the basement. Come on, help me with this, Jack. I got a bad vibe here. Uh, yeah, you yeah. can't rip off Obi Wan. I you <laughs> got know, a bad you, vibe about I this. Got a bad vibe. <laughs> I got a bad vibe. I got a bad. Oh my god, I can't even say. Got it a badge vibe. I, <laughs> Don't we all? That's what I, she said. I feel like I've been censored. The the lawyers got me. Um, Jack <laughs> bends down to help you get the the floorboards up and and get down to this ladder. Hmm. So at the rear of the back hall, you find a trap door subtly defined by floorboards whose grain runs the wrong way. And all along the perimeter of this trap door, you see dozens of scratches, much like the ones that you had seen on the floorboards, all around the outside of the trap door. Jesus, something wanted to get in here. Hey, yeah. When you look at it, you really see the... The scratch marks, that's, that's, I never realized that. Come on, give me a hand. Doran, Jack. And uh, Red, sort of distinctly leaving Kraloth out of it, mm. uh, bends down to grab the metal ring and begins pulling as hard as he can. Kraloth is standing at the window, just staring out into the darkness every now and then, kind of wistfully looking up at the night sky. Is there any movement outside? Not right now. It's very dark and very still. Mm. Red, make a strength check. Happily, my strongest skill. I'm helping him. But Doran, I'm also helping, which gives him disadvantage, so don't worry too much. <laughs> it balances up. <laughs> Nine. The door appears to be jammed or locked, so you are unable to open it. Doran. Move, <laughs> Doran says, yeah. and he shoves red with his shoulder. <laughs> Let me try. And cockily, he <laughs> really... They're <laughs> really cockily. No, I mind you, we're really gonna go for we're probably gonna go for a long rest soon, aren't we? You're lucky. Yeah. I'm gonna use my <laughs> lucky die. Is that your last one? No, no, I have one more. I have one more. He yeah, really doesn't want to embarrass himself here. <laughs> oh, that's even one worse. Okay, I'm just gonna go for it. Okay, I've used two luck die there. That's that's all of them. You're using the your most, sec- oh, right. the most important go. role of the game. Oh, my fucking god. What? I rolled a three, and then I rolled a two, and then I rolled <laughs> a one. No! For shame! Oh. I swear to god. Oh, for shame, That's that awesome. dice. Doran tried yeah, pulling three times. <laughs> and he's bent over, so we're really seeing the bum blush, right? Like you're... Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
This is the dye. I was cleaning today and I found this dye behind my behind my desk. Oh, oh it shouldn't no. have been found. No, this nice. is the cursed dye. Oh, yes, it's dye. there for a reason. Uh, dye, dye. Uh, hey, Doran, that's actually not the trap door, bud. That's, you're just pulling a piece of the floorboard next to it. <laughs> uh, the door stuff. resists your attempts, Doran. Come on, let's do it together. Jack, you take that side. Hold Doran, on. You take that side. We got, we got a Kraloth. It's fine. Hold on. If they wanted to uh, get in there and they couldn't, perhaps it's trapped. A trap trap door? <laughs> That's a double negative. Jack would love to investigate for like a latch or a mechanism. <laughs> yeah, I imagine it's some, just like something that was just like, oh, you like, open this book on the bookshelf or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and begrudgingly, Red's like, yeah, fair enough. Jack, do you see anything? How do we like about 18? With your investigation of 18, you see that the scratches that surround the edge of this trap door again, range from two to eight inches and suggest to you that something was clearly trying to open the door uh, unsuccessfully. But I, do I see any, like there's there's no sense of hinges or a sense of a, a, we, a weakness in the floorboards or something that we could make use of as mm. thinking beings to Well, the floorboards were rotten, right? If you guys were using some kind of tool, it would probably work out. A uh, hundred some odd episodes and we're stumped by a trap door. Just grabbing the like little thingy and pulling is not working out for you. Doran gets so frustrated and grabs his axe and just starts hacking at the floorboard, going back to where he originally saw through the floor. Mm-hmm. And he just starts hacking at it. You go <laughs> to the floor and start hacking at just a random spot in the floor? Yeah, 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 yeah. Where there was already like a hole and uh, some rotted wood, he just goes and starts... I stuck my head in, so... Just, just hacking away at the floor. Great. Jack pulls his pick out of his back that he uses for archaeological stuff and slides it between the crevice, trying to get it underneath the thing so he can get some leverage on it and, and lever it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great. You can make a strength check, but... uh. Use your intelligence modifier, because that's a smart move. I'd love to. Meanwhile, Doran is just absolutely fucking up this floor and cutting it to splinters. Uh, 17. Jack, you managed to finally pry this door open just as Doran, in a rain of splinters, falls through the floor nice. and lands okay. on the ground in the cellar. I'm loving this moment of like Jack feeling a little bit proud for like finally one thing in tonight I'm in control of. I can get through this trap door. Levers it open. He's like, mm-hmm. Doran, look, I... Dor- where did you go? You hear like the chopping and then you hear like some like, I stop chopping and you hear some like really long, heavy creaks. <laughs> Doran? And I think Red hops down directly after you, Doran, landing right next to you and, and helps yeah. you up. Clong, clong. Come on, buddy. Good job. You got through. Uh, thanks. Uh, oh, hi there, uh, Jack. Yeah, it looks like you got that door open, eh? You coming, Kraloth? We found some la- a ladder. Yeah, and Kraloth walks over. Kraloth, as you approach the ladder, you detect a faint smell of putrefaction that accompanies death. Uh, be careful down there. I'm smelling something's off. Yeah, it smells like, uh, it smells like, uh, not the best stew I've ever had. When the dust clears in this dark cellar, you're able to see that its floor and walls are roughly lined with stones of assorted sizes. There's some meager furniture, a shelf, a crate, and two corpses sit against the far wall. What do the corpses look like? Uh, people for sure, 
there is a larger corpse and a um, slightly smaller corpse. Appears to be one of them holding the other. If you want, you can go over and become one of the team corpse inspectors. Doran kind of looks around. Yeah. It's not what we do, Doran. <laughs> Let them do it. I think there's people that are a little bit more uh, attuned to... We know our job. And he points up to the ceiling that's been broken open. <laughs> we did it damn well. That's right. I guess I'll go look around the corners with Doran. Like, come on, bud. And we go look around to see if there's anything else down there. Yeah. And maybe opening up things like drawers and... Do not open Pandora's... Oh, fuck it. Let's he open this shit. <laughs> he just finds a rock oh. in the side of the wall and starts trying to pry <laughs> it off the wall. The and grabs orc splitter. It's brown <laughs> and gritty. Uh, Kraloth, with a tired wave of his hand, uh, he uh, casts a spell as a, a shimmer sounds through the air as he casts Detect Magic. Mm-hmm. And uh, just blinks a couple times and looks around before stepping in proper. Apart from the belongings of yourself and your companions, you do not detect magic. Hmm. Let's get to work, Jack. After you. Kraloth kneels down closer to the smaller corpse. Who were you? And uh, I'm going to do a, I guess, a medicine check to see how they died. That sounds great. How'd he die? How'd he die? How'd he die? There we go. There's the next podcast. <laughs> How'd he die? Welcome to Howdy Die, the place where we say hello to all our dies in a nice It's an offshoot of the Team Corpse Inspectors. Howdy Die. Uh, 18 for medicine. Oh. Mm. These appear to be the remains of two human females, one adult and one slightly younger, maybe an adolescent or a young adult. They do not appear to have suffered any mortal injury. Mm. You would estimate they've been dead perhaps five years. Does the bottom of the trap door have scratches as well? The bottom of the trap door appears to have been used as a barricade. When Jack pried through the top of the trap door, he loosed several boards and nails that had been keeping it closed. I think maybe Red and Dorn meander over. Mm -hmm. They were barricading themselves down here, trying to protect themselves from something. Well, whatever was scratching through the floor, they... it was probably those skeletons. Does the attack marks coincide with maybe some of the weapons we saw on the skeletons? You can roll an insight check. Natural 20. Oh. Hey! These are the classic finger scrabblings of the unintelligent undead. And Red sort of lets out a heavy sigh, and he's like, they died down here because they were too scared to fight. Maybe they couldn't. Mm. Uh, it's not a judgment, just a, just a fact. Yeah. Could you imagine dying in a corner? Starving to death. Waiting for someone to come save you. I'll tell you, it's a good thing none of those skeletons had an axe like orc splitter, and he kind of hefts it in his hands. Mm. And there's like an awkward moment as Doran's like celebrating this as we're watching yeah. two corpses that clearly starved to death trying to save themselves i could have broken through and killed these women if i wanted to (laughs) (laughs) well i mean it is it is a good thing i mean uh, i mean i'm just saying it's a good thing that uh, they were able to barricade themselves down here how long do you think they've been dead jack everything in the house has been rotten for five years i think we sort of all lines up right hmm as uh as red and i had been rummaging around 
Mm-hmm. Did we find anything of any uh, interest or importance? You find three open, empty jars. Hmm. Well, they had three jars of something here. But Doran smells the empty jars. They smell like something maybe long ago had been pickled. There's some vinegar, trace of vinegar smell. Hmm. He takes his finger and runs it along the inside of the jar and mm, botulism. Licks it. Hmm. Yeah, something uh they had some preserves down here. But uh not much as he puts the one of three jars back on the table. They must have been waiting for whoever was upstairs to come home. And uh I suppose they never did. Maybe that's uh what the figure upstairs is looking for. Maybe there's uh, some relation, you know. But we should probably give these th- people a proper burial, he says, looking at Kraloth. Mm. I'm surprised you didn't say anything about that earlier, actually. What about burying them? Yeah. Yeah, well, um... Say, so you feeling all right, Kraloth? Not particularly. Oh. <laughs> well... <laughs> I wasn't uh, expecting this sudden vulnerability. I wasn't me. expecting that, <laughs> no. Uh, <clears throat> well, um... <clears throat> uh, it's all right, though. My body is sore, my brain is tired. I need rest, and I need food. Oh, yeah. Yeah, You're right, Doran. We should bury these corpses. Jack, have you had a chance to take a closer look? Uh, uh, no, I I hadn't. Um, Jack kind of slumps a little in size and and goes over to, you know, see if there's any any non-obvious details about who they might have been or what their Mm -hmm. relationship was. Sort of pokes around to see if they've got anything. Roll investigation 26 holy balls they are dressed in tattered peasant clothing they have no obvious distinguishing features but with your careful eye you were able to tell that the person who sewed both women's garments was the same person the stitching is immaculate neat tiny rows of stitches line the hems of both dresses that's all you learn about these women. It almost breaks Jack's heart to know a little bit more about them, just just to be like, um, stand up to say, and I think he might have a, almost tears in his eyes to say it. You know, she was a seamstress. Um, this this was the mother, and that was the daughter. She'd made both sets of clothes. Uh, trapped down here to die. At least they died together, rather than dying alone. I don't know. Jack starts to. Uh, walk back towards the ladder and climb up and just kind of say, it's, oh, it's too much. Come on, Doran. Let's get them out of here. Yeah. Doran probably kneels down and as gently and respectfully as possible folds the adult bones kind of into a pile and lifts them. Mm-hmm. And I think as you guys are moving them, Red hasn't really moved since seeing them. He's just sort of stayed there looking. And he says, but they did die alone. Kraloth. No one came for them. No one knew they were here. They died alone, cowering in a corner. Well, alone together, Red. Just like us. We're all alone together. (sighs) Nobody's looking for us. You might have a point there, Red. At the end of the day, one of them had to go first. Even if they were together. That's right. And Red turns almost angrily to Kraloth. That's right. 
And one of us has to go first, too. And who's that going to be? You? He says almost angrily. You? He points to Jack at the stairs. Doran, I saw you go toe-to-toe with a giant, and they overran us. Did, did any of you see the power of that thing? That fucking thing. That, that, that demon. And, and, and the thing that came from the ship. The thing that we were, we were side-by-side with for, for weeks. It, it, it destroyed those giants. We, it, the, dis- the giants destroyed us. And, and we're meant to, to what? To do anything against that overwhelming power. Against those odds. Yeah, what's your point, Red? What's your point anyways? Where's this really going to get us? How, how the hell are we supposed to do anything in this world? I mean, we've got hunt lords chasing us. We've got giants breathing down our necks. We, we've got dragons, and we're stuck in the middle here, and we've lost half the ruins. And I'll tell you what, and he drops the bones, and he says, I'll tell you what, I'm, 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 I'm fucking scared, okay? And he, and he climbs the ladder, and he storms into the building, and he finds himself outside in the cool, dark night. Kraloth, saying nothing, steps towards this fallen corpse of bones. And he gently places the smaller corpse over top of the bigger one that Doran had been carrying. And gradually picks them up, and without looking to Red, and in a monotone, he says, You had it right the first time. I was the first to die. And then he picks up the corpses. And then he carries the corpses to the ladder, hauls them over his shoulder, and begins climbing up. Red sort of stands there in a moment, almost like fuming a little bit, breathing the fire from his lungs. And he he looks up towards Jack, who I kind of imagined is still sort of halfway up the ladder. What do you want? What do you mean, what do I want? I've been thinking a lot about what I want. What I want, I want to go home. I don't want to do this, but you know what I can't do? I go home, hunt lords chase me down, kill my boyfriend. So I can't do that. I I don't I want I don't want to. I don't know, man. I saw those things too. Maybe the truth is, Jack. And Red sort of walks over to you, and sort of an oddly soft look comes over his face, almost a sympathetic one. And he puts a hand on your shoulder and he breathes almost apologetically. <sighs> I think the truth is, I'm having a tough time realizing the truth. That we're already dead. And I think he sort of hangs his head low, takes a deep breath, and then climbs the ladder. Doran, you're outside. You don't hear any of this. You found some quiet, some solitary place. I also found a shovel on the way out, and and Doran's started to dig two graves out of frustration and a little bit of anger and mostly uh, fear. Where did you choose for these graves? Are they off in the woods? Are they in the garden? Are they... At the edge of the wood, mm-hmm. you know, not not quite into the woods, but, uh, well, yeah, 
I don't need to explain at the edge of the woods. Nope. We know what the edge <laughs> means. Define edge of woods, Alex. <laughs> what is an edge? Um, well, but do the woods, woods. truly so, start if it's just a couple of trees? Or do you need to get really into the trees before? How many wo- How many trees is a wood? <laughs> how far can a dog run into the woods before? And if you, it's a house in the middle of the woods. Are you ever even out of the woods? Really? <laughs> right, exactly. That's a far Yeah, I'm walk, like maybe. 20 kilometers away. I'm at the edge <laughs> of the woods <laughs> from where That's the cottage right. is. Doran arrives in Waterdeep. <laughs> um, with a shovel I'm, 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 I'm digging and I'm just digging and digging and trying to you know if you were watching me you'd be saying to yourself what the hell is that guy trying to escape and we are watching you what the hell is that guy trying to escape hmm. oh I get it now <laughs> Kraloth you have these bodies yeah and I step outside and, and I see Doran frantically digging at the cold earth and it's as he's going deeper and deeper the the earth is getting harder and firmer and he's hitting more and more stones and i can hear his frustration and and you're seeing like this half half of this dwarf in a hole and you just start seeing like big stones and boulders just being thrown out of this hole in the ground doran what doran what do you want what Sorry, Krayla. Sorry, sorry. Yes. What? We only need one. And Kraloth steps next to the first grave that Doran had already dug. And he places the two bodies within it. And he says, perhaps a trite symbolic act, but at least they don't have to spend the rest of their days alone. What the fuck are we gonna do? It's not like you to swear, Doran. You know, Kraloth, you, you really... I'm so afraid. I'm so afraid that you're going to die. I'm so afraid that we're going to... I, I'm afraid I'm going to do something so catastrophic. Make a decision again that kills my entire party. Leaving me standing there alone, holding this goddamn shovel. Throws it into the woods. I'm just trying to stay alive, Krayla. That's all I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to stay alive here. It sounds like you're... Your fear is very well-founded, Doran, and your pain and your suffering. It's all very human, for lack of a better word. And you, you... You know, Kraloth, I, I, I have to say, I, I... I have to ask, are, do you even feel anything anymore? Are you afraid? Are you angry just tell me i i I won't say anything if it's a concern of but i i have a feeling that you don't even know if you feel anything kraloth sits down next to the edge of this grave and looks up at the night sky doran when i was felled by that black beast something changed I thought I didn't have a soul before. Now, you're perceptive to see that my emotions have been completely muted. I don't even know if they're there anymore. I don't know if they're even possible for me to reattain in the future. But I do know they're gone. Which, perhaps is a blessing in a way. For I don't have to experience the pain that you and Jack and Red 
so clearly are feeling. But at the same time, if I could trade this empty, dark pit of nothingness for the ability to feel pain again, you bet your bottom coin that I would. You know, Kraloth, you know, I can't, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. That, that, that a dwarf feels fear. <laughs> but I do feel fear. And, and, and maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's what's going to keep me going. And damn it, maybe we'll find you a soul after all. Let's, let's, let's finish this burial and go and find the other two. We've got to pull this party back together. Back inside, Red, Jack, what have you been up to? Jack took a long last look at this dark basement and climbs up the stairs and goes to find his pack and sits down in front of the hearth and then just does nothing. He just sits like it's it's like there's a lot of things he knows like he could, should do, but is just too exhausted to start any of them. He just sits and stares into an empty hearth. Your bones must be so weary after such an extended fight. Jack's pretty spent. He's a little lonely. And, like, he knows he should bring out the materials and summon Kieran back, and it would take, you know, it would take an hour of concentrated effort, and he'd have a friend full of unconditional love, but it's just, like, that executive dysfunction of, like, oh, I'd need to start and get all the stuff out, and I just need to sit here for a moment because I can't. Red is off in a side room and you hear the prying of boards of something. And, and as he comes back out and sits at the table you see him like, using some of the feathers and the pillows to fletch arrows. Sort of just absentmindedly carving long pieces of, of wood that's still hardy and strong and, uh, and just sort of working with his hands. The moon rises, the party comes back together and settles down to sleep. Doran stands up, remembering that he is a soldier. He stands and takes a deep breath and straightens his back. And he looks at Red and he says, I'm sorry for losing my temper on you, on, on all of you, really. Listen, I'll be the first to admit it. Yes, I was scared. I am scared. It, it scares me that... We might all die, but it scares me more that we're not all on the same page. So, if I may, I think we should get our heads together, get some rest, and communicate with one another and, and make the best team that we possibly could. We all have our individual strengths, and we need to focus on those and support each other as we have been and not lose our way. Because, as I've seen before, when... You have a party like this, and there's one weak link, and suddenly it's all weak links. So, that's all I have to say, and thank you for hearing me out. Doran sits down on his bedroll. Kraloth is just staring ahead, spinning his ring on his finger. A look of consternation. And I think Red sees Kraloth doing that. Red's eyes are fixed on Kraloth as they have been sort of since he fell, and Red stands up. Yeah, all right. I agree. I think one weak link can break a chain. But what are we then? You said it, Doran. We, we need to re- 
assess our goals, realign. But what are we? We're not soldiers. We're not adventurers. Not anymore. What are we, those who must be a part of the ordning? I suppose it's understood that our lives are forfeit in taking on this quest. I suppose that's just the way it goes. But none of us agreed to that. None of us signed up for that. So what are we then? Are we the walking dead? Are we meant to just finish our task and stay alive as long as we can to have it done? Because I don't know if that's what I want or if that's what I agree to. Jack? Hmm? Do you... Yeah, no, I was listening, Red. I think Jack drops it, just dead at your feet. We'll figure it out tomorrow. Well, I suppose there's your answer. You know, Red, you're right. You're you're not soldiers. I I I don't know why I I continually, uh, you know, I I go there. I I I think that you guys are soldiers, and and, and you're not. Who who am I kidding? If, if nothing else, I I think of you three as friends. So I'm gonna go to sleep and. And, and maybe we'll all feel a little bit better in the morning. And Doran closes his eyes and pulls his hood over his eyes. No matter what we do on this path, it is certainly going to lead to death. We did see as much yesterday. Death is inevitable. But, but something that you said, Red, resonated with me. This idea of choosing. You're right. We never did choose this. In fact, come to think of it, from what I've been able to piece together about my memory, my past, there isn't much that I have even chosen in my entire life. I think we're at a point where we get to choose the journey between now and our own death, because it is going to happen on this path quite possibly sooner than if we were to focus on something else. Food for thought, I suppose. You slowly drop off to sleep. The house creaks as it settles under its new occupants. And Red, you have another dream. A swift alpine stream hurries through a pristine winter valley, sunlight refracting on the surface of the snow and shattering into pieces in the water. The prow of a ship carves through dark blue waves, its barnacled hull trailing seagrass, creaking and groaning from the strain of lurching from crest to crest, entropy dragging its claws through the timbers. And the shadow of a huge shark, silhouetted against the calm surface of light water, from underneath like a rippling ceiling. The shark moves with deliberate grace, avoiding flat-bottomed barges and ferries, until, effortless, it shrinks, sprouts humanoid limbs mid-stroke, and catches hold of a ladder leading up to the dockside, climbing up out of the ceiling of water and spewing an exhalation of air from a now-bearded mouth. The man, clothes dripping wet, looks over his shoulder and joins the jumble of sailors and laborers busy at dawn on the docks of Yardley. Thank you 
once again to our wonderful Patreon supporters, Christopher Ryan Evans, Merlin, Mitchell Cadwell, Michael and Brianna Weber, Colin Burkhart, Daniel Doug, Jessica Orit, Jonah Goldman, Melanie Shen, Lars, and Mari Kaniski. See you soon! Wake up, very lost talking. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> He's just soothed you into had a, slumber. Had, uh, <laughs> you can throw it in if you want. I don't no, know. no, I'll put it in after the credits. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.